Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me as always is a man who shoots whiskey as a pre-workout drink. He is the captain. Sun's out, guns out, bros. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Tonight, we are drinking Pallet Jack by the hardworking people at Barley Browns in beautiful Baker City, Oregon. Garage grade, four out of five bottle caps. A blend of three hops make up this IPA with flavors of citrus, tropical fruit, and a little bit of pine. And Pallet Jack was brought to us by you wonderful listeners and these hardworking boys and girls. First up, a big shout out to our friend Jeff D. in New Jersey. And a big O-H-I-O to Chelsea in Northfield, Ohio. Next, we have Lindsay, a.k.a. Linz, in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. Saskatchewan. And a big we like your jib to Heather in Harker Heights, Texas. Next up, we have Gemma from Reading. She says, loads of love for True Crime Garage from the United Kingdom. Also in the UK, we have Sophie from Edinburgh. And then we have Kelly from Traverse, Michigan. She's a Michigan State fan, uh, so you know what that means that she's one of the pretty girls. And last but not least, we have Kristen in L.A. who says, Captain, please marry my roommate, Rachel. <laughs> well, well, it's such an honor and a privilege that you don't want to marry me. You're just going to pass me off to your your bum roommate. Well, thanks to everybody for helping us fill up the fridge. The fridge in the garage is looking pretty, pretty good this week. If you want to buy us around for next week's show, go to truecrimegarage.com and click on the donate button. Yeah, and the money that we don't use for beer... We do use on liquor. All right, Captain, that's enough of the garage business. Everybody gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. Kyron Horman is seven years old. He attends the Skyline Elementary School in Oregon. He is in the second grade. Now, on Friday, June 4th, 2010, the Skyline Elementary opens early at 8 a.m. so students and parents can tour the science fair. Terry Horman, Kyron's stepmother, arrives with Kyron at school shortly after 8 a.m. We know this to be true because there are several people that spot the two of them together during the science fair. At 8.45 a.m., Terry Horman is getting ready to leave the school She says she watched Kyron walking towards his classroom, and then she leaves the school. At 10 a.m., classes begin, and at some point, Kyron's homeroom teacher, this is Christina Porter, reports and marks him as absent. Now, it wouldn't be until about 3.30 p.m. when Kyron's father and stepmother go to meet the school bus. The bus driver informed them that Kyron had not boarded the bus after school. 
The bus driver was then asked to call the school and asked where Kyron was. The bus driver was informed by the school secretary that Kyron had not been in school since early that day and had been marked absent. The driver, she reports to the secretary that she did not have Kyron and neither did the parents. Therefore, he was missing. Just before 4 p.m., the school secretary notified 911 of the boy being missing. The 911 call center then reported this information to the police. And shortly afterwards, the search for Kyron Horman began. So that's a quick overview of what happened that day. And if you want more information on that, we have the Kyron Horman disappearance episode and the search episode. And sadly enough, he went missing back in 2010. And to this day, Kyron has not been located. And since then, we have had a lot of suspicions cast on the parents of him and his inner circle, mm-hmm. people looking at them as suspicious and them casting suspicion upon one another. Yeah. Early in this case, we had a united front. We had four parents that were trying to find this boy. As the case would develop, we start seeing conflict between the parents. Yeah. And as we saw during the search for Kyron, you know, that unity quickly fell apart. Now, there's been plenty of opportunity and plenty of time that has gone by since he went missing for these parents to talk about their thoughts of what happened to Kyron, who could have been involved in this, and a chance to defend themselves. We thought it was important for you to hear their thoughts and their feelings coming straight from them. Let's listen to Kyron's mother, Desiree, as she describes the day that he went missing. I got a phone call from the school, and uh, she said, is this Desiree Young? And I said, yes, it is. And she said, you're listed as the emergency notification for Kyron Horman. And I said, yeah, he's my son. What can I do? And she said, I have to notify you he's missing. And for a split second, I thought it was a joke. And I said, what? She said, he's missing. I said, I don't understand. How could he be missing? I said, okay, where is Terry and Kane? Well, Terry's here. All right. Thank you. And I hung up with her and immediately called Terry. And I um, cussed a little bit, said, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and she said that they went to the science fair and everything was fine. And she waved goodbye to him and he went into his class or so she thought. There was something in my gut that just didn't feel good. I had told her, I'm coming up there, and she said, you are? And she seemed surprised at that, which I thought was strange. I said, of course I am. I'll be there in, you know, four, four and a half hours. Kyron's mother tearfully describing a phone call that she will never, ever forget, and then shortly afterwards calling Terry, Kyron's stepmother, Mm-hmm. who who knew beforehand, you know, she's known for a little bit of time now, maybe it's minutes, maybe it's an hour, an hour or so by this point, that Kyron's missing. And Desiree says that Terry seems surprised that she would be hopping in the car and going to their house immediately to figure out what's going on. Right, and it's a pretty long drive. Yeah, it's going to take them, uh, what, four or five hours to get there? But, I mean... <laughs> This is your son. If your son's missing, of course you're jumping in the car and you're going to assist in the search. And you hope that at some point on that drive, your cell phone rings and they've located your son and it's just a big misunderstanding. Well, she's claiming that it's suspicious that the stepmom would say, well, why are you coming? Mm-hmm. I, I Again, I think with a lot of these little tiny pieces of evidence that people are going to speculate on, it goes both ways. Right. There's a part of you that it's like, of course, the mom would drive four to five hours, but maybe the stepmom's just thinking, hey, he's going to turn up. She might have been thinking there is no need to worry yourself. There is no need to jump in the car and drive four hours. We got this. We'll find him. Now, we also have Tony Young, who's married to Kyron's mother. Now, he's going to have an interesting perspective on things because he works in law enforcement. I was watching... uh the investigation right from the start. I explained to each each person that now our lives are not private anymore, that the investigators are going to want to know uh, very detailed information about our lives. She instantly started to express some displeasure at that and 
and uh, not wanting, feeling like she was persecuted. And I thought that was kind of an unusual uh, reaction that early. All right, a couple things to unpack here. First of all, yes, your child is missing, so you got to be an open book, mm-hmm. right? If you're going to help law enforcement, it's also better. I mean, we've talked about this. Look, if you're if your spouse was murdered, chances are you're going to be investigated. Right. And you just have to be okay with that. Uh, I understand people still want in their privacy. I understand that people maybe don't want to uh, air some of their dirty laundry, but you know this is going to happen. So I, I think it was smart that he set everybody down and said, this is what's coming. Here's the storm that's coming. Mm-hmm. And we, if we band together, it's going to be better. Yeah, and you can speed up the process too. If if you can get everybody on board and everybody is willing to talk with the police and the investigators, you can speed up the process to where that circle is no longer around the immediate family and the circle gets larger and the potential for finding Kyron increases. The problem here is you hear Tony kind of honing in on Terry's reaction to him saying, hey, now we got to be an open book. Almost you get the sense that in not so many words – he kind of seems to be saying, you know what? Terry seems to to think that they should just be out there looking for Kyron. They shouldn't be looking at me or looking at my husband or you or him. They, you know, we should not be the focus or the microscope here. They should just be worried and busy out looking for Kyron. And obviously, according to Tony, she's very uncomfortable with that idea. Yeah, and that maybe seems a little fishy. We covered another case, the Missy Beavers case. And her husband was very forthcoming, Brandon Beavers. Mm-hmm. And he was very cooperative with the police. And And his thoughts was like, of course I'm going to be a suspect. And of course you have to rule me out. But the, the more I talk to you and the faster you can rule me out, the sooner that we can actually get to the bottom of this. Now, Terry, she's the stepmother. And her husband, Kane, Kyron's father, will have an opportunity to defend his wife. Um, she, like the rest of us, is extremely committed to, to finding Kyron, and, and she's working extremely hard with investigators, as are the rest of us, to, to help bring him home. But his story is going to quickly change. Yeah, very quickly, because just 22 days after Kyron disappears, he's informed, Kane is informed by the detectives involved in the case that Terry may have tried to hire someone to have him killed. Yeah, and this is something that we could speculate a lot later into. Uh, let's just try to get where they're at. But again, because of this information coming to Kane, coming to Kyron's father, he's going to kind of change the way he's looking at the stepmom. Oh, yeah. It's a 180, man. He Once getting this information, he takes the daughter that he had with Terry, and he leaves the house. And here's some of his thoughts on this new information. I didn't believe it at first. Uh, it was something that I couldn't even wrap my head around at the time. There had been no indication in your marriage that no. things were that bad or that she was upset with you? No. Do you think she is capable of hurting a child? If you asked me before this situation, my answer is no. Based on what I know now, I don't know. I think anything is possible based on the way things have gone over the past few weeks. You fear for your safety now, Kane, for your daughter? I fear for my daughter. And so your message to her now is is what, Kane? Fully cooperate with law enforcement. Tell the truth. There's some telling things in there, Captain. The first thing that kind of jumps off to me is that, you know, when asked, did you ever see anything like this coming? You know, talking about the the possible murder for hire. Mm-hmm. It it you know, we have heard on many shows, many times where people have had attempts against their life. And they've been asked the same question. And you usually get one of two answers. You get, no, I had no clue, as what what, what Kane said. Or you have the other that or was... You get yes. Well, n- but no, you no, you, not yes. You get, this person, yes, had shown some violence towards me in the past, had threatened me, or threatened to do this or that against me. Right. But I never thought they would do it. So what, what I'm saying that this is telling of is... Kane doesn't seem to, he doesn't seem, we don't get the idea that there's any threats, that, that at any point Terry threatened him or was violent towards him. Uh, this seems to really come out of left field for him. Right, or that there was any signs at all that she was 
a neglectful stepmother. Mm-hmm. The other thing here too, when asked, do you fear for your life or, do, or your daughter's life? Mm-hmm. You know, he says, I fear for my daughter. Well, what does that come from? That comes from, there was a situation after Cain left the home and with his daughter, once the two had been, you know, not legally separated, but they had split up by this point. There had been on at least one occasion where Terry had gone to Kane's gym. Remember we said that the gym that they had, they had the little kitty section, you know, where you could, you could drop your kid off. They would be entertained and, Mm -hmm. and watched during your workout session. There was at least one occasion, if not more, where Terry went to that gym asking if Kane was there and if the daughter was there. Now she never said this to anybody. But we have the employees and and people that attended the gym that said that they believed that she would have taken the daughter had had the daughter been there when she arrived on those occasions. Right, but that's evidence of nothing. That's just their thoughts. But but it's it's reason to understand his concern for his safety of his daughter when you have you have her just randomly showing up at the gym and asking employees about the whereabouts of her daughter. Here's a clip of that. Terry was inquiring if Kane was here working out. And then she asked if her daughter was here in our kids club. And the comment she made, well, if she had been here, I would have taken her. You think she came here to the club with the intention of finding Kiara, her daughter, and taking her? That's certainly what it looked like. And how about Kyron's mother's reaction to what the stepmother's been up to since she has split with her husband. Hearing that, what do you think? <sighs> She's got some guts. I'll give her that. Now's not a good time to be doing stuff like that, but I guess I, I don't expect anything less. Right, and that's some suspicious actions there mm-hmm. by the stepmom. But again, if you're not involved, and you know you're not involved in the disappearance of your stepson, then you would want to see your child your other child you'd want to be a part of her life yeah and then we have the question about the polygraph test we have the situation where terry takes one fails one and she's asked to take another test and potentially another test at that but at some point she starts refusing to be a part of these polygraph tests yeah and kind of backing away from the whole investigation uh as a whole Mm -hmm. and here's uh tony the stepfather's thoughts on that when i heard that that made the decision in my mind at the fork in the road we knew which road to go down we implore terry horman to fully cooperate with the investigators to bring kyron home so you can hear the parents pleading with the stepmom after the failed polygraphs hey just be honest Mm -hmm. and work with the cops well and sometimes throughout this process we have Kyron's mother and stepfather who seem to be a little bit vague about what they believe may have happened mm-hmm. to Kyron and who could have been involved. Yeah. But when they're sat down and they are asked the direct question regarding Terry, the stepmother, well, it's obvious how they feel. I absolutely believe that Terry Horman is responsible for Kyron's disappearance. And I do too. With, with help? Did someone help her? We don't have any evidence that indicates that, but we personally think that's the case. Do you think Terry Horman planned to do something? Something with Kyron? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Which here they bring up a great point because the tough thing about the whole stepmother theory is her timeline. Mm -hmm. And did she have enough time she also was saw by a, a lot of eyewitnesses uh, with her daughter out and about. No signs of Kyron. So if she was involved, was there somebody else involved? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you're exactly right, Captain. There are breaks in her timeline. There are points in her timeline of what went down, what she was doing that day, where she is unaccounted for. But like we've talked about in so many cases, was there enough time to do something? Well, if you have somebody else involved, right. if you have a drop-off point or somebody that can take this kid from you or for you, then your timeline isn't so doesn't have to be so precise 
It, it, you know, we don't need a whole day to take Kyron and get rid of him. Right, and her going to these stores and, and bringing her baby in the stores, uh, we have a couple of accounts with with the eyewitnesses saying, hey, yeah, I saw her, but it was a little odd how much she talked to me, how much detail she got, almost like maybe she's establishing an alibi. Right, right. Is is she, in fact, just running necessary errands, or does she want people to know where she is that day? Right. Okay, so we have this atom bomb that goes off. Did Terry, the stepmother, potentially try to hire somebody to kill Kyron's father, Kane? Yeah. But then the other shoe falls, another bomb, boom. And what is this? It's well, a sex bomb. A, a big, fat, stinky, sweaty st- sex bomb. Oh, wow. But now, here's the thing, Captain. So we have Terry, the stepmom. Her phone is being monitored by the police by this point in the investigation. Mm-hmm. And so she's very careful about what she says when she's on her phone. However, she's not clever enough to figure out that they're not just monitoring the phone calls. They can see all of the activity going on and on her phone. And when we say all, we mean all, all the whole thing. Well, the thing here is we have to introduce a guy named uh, Michael cook. Mm -hmm. Okay. So who is he? He was a, an old friend of Kane's. It sounds like they were friends, you know, maybe from high school or college. Yeah. And then, you know, didn't have much interaction for many years, but at some point they are living close in proximity to one another and they rekindle their friendship. Well, after Kyron goes missing, we have Michael Cook who's going to help, try to help the family, console them, you know, be a friend. Uh, He actually was involved in helping to organize one of the first vigils that was held for Kyron while they were still out searching for him. Well, after after we have Kane and Terry split up, after Kane finds out, hey, your loving, caring wife may have tried to have somebody kill you. Right. Um, and he says, guess what? I'm taking my daughter and I'm out. Well, we have Terry who's still living at the Horman home. And at some point she thinks, you know what? I'm going to start texting this friend of the family, Michael Cook. And he's going to start texting her back. And right. the conversation starts as casual things. Questions about the investigation. Questions about is there any you know, leads, anything good coming in, helping to find Kyron. Well, it very quickly turns to, um, some very, very inappropriate, uh, discussions between the two of them. Here's a clip of Michael talking about the searches. Kane and Terry live right up the street from me. Cook is an old um, high school friend of Kane's. They recently reconnected. In the first days of the hunt for Kyron, Cook joined the search. Yeah, and of course, we've all seen these and seemed to go out of his way to defend Terry when suspicions about her first emerged. I would hope that if if people had energy, they would put it toward helping to find this missing boy as opposed to investing it and speculating about whether the family did or didn't have something to do with it. And a lot of people weren't just put in speculation on the family. A lot of people were put in speculation on Terry. Yes. So it's kind of weird that all oh, now that she's uh, showing me her tatas or her turtle tatas, um, now I will be defending her. Yeah. And well, and the thing is, you know, it just doesn't seem like, you know, we look at these things from the outside mm-hmm. and we have to wonder how we would behave and how uh, we would handle dealing with something like this in our lives. Well, when it's not handled in a way that we agree with, of course, we automatically think, well, this person either just doesn't care, right. just has no soul, no heart, or they're they're involved in this thing in somehow. Well, and a cheater doesn't make you a murderer, but you know, being a cheater does make you a liar. And I also think it makes you question somebody's character. Mm-hmm. And they're going to ask uh, Kyron's mom about these new allegations. You roll your eyes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I guess to say it tactfully, it it goes to someone's character if you're doing something like that. I mean, it's disgusting. And now Kyron's mother is going to be asked if her and her husband, Kyron's stepfather, if they feel guilty because of what was the result of what happened to Kyron because he disappeared. And now we learn that we have all this suspicious behavior going on around the stepmother. Kyron was in her care. To know that I was four and a half hours away 
when he needed me to protect him. That's what I feel guilty for. Um, the fact that I had to work that day instead of going to the science fair like I wanted to, um, that I feel guilty for too. He wanted to come live with us. Uh, he expressed that on several occasions. Um, and just several times he would just break down and just sob because he wanted to stay. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com slash garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL Learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer. Thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like calorie smart protein plus and keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, 
you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right. Cheers, mates. We're back. All right. So, so far, Captain, we have heard allegation after allegation just kind of stacking up against Terry Horman, the stepmother, who was the last person, as far as we know, to see Kyron Harmon the morning that he disappeared. Now, she is going to get a chance to react to some of these allegations. Mm -hmm. And let's hear her talk about that strange Facebook post of I'm going to hit the gym. This just days into the search for Kyron. Well, that would be because the, uh, the law enforcement uh, told us to go to do, we told us to do things that we normally do. So they want you to go grocery shopping. They want you to go to the gym. They actually specifically told both Kane and I, and he was with me that day when we went. But this statement makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, law enforcement will tell you, hey, you got to live some kind of, of a life. If you just focus only on searching, uh, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Right. I don't think I'd be able to uh, do anything but search. Um, but so I, so I get that point. The The other weird thing that she throws in there is, oh, yeah, well, I went to the gym that day and Kane was with me. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't think it's weird. I mean, some people as a stress reliever, you know, do yoga, they go to the gym, they got to go running. I don't think that is super odd, um, but you posted it on Facebook. Right. You know, stop being such a moron. Well, and on more than one occasion, she's going to claim that she was not allowed to be involved in the search for Chiron, which, again, makes sense to me. Um, the investigators and the search and rescue team should be, the, the experts are the ones that should be doing that. Um, but furthermore, Maybe she doesn't need to be involved in this search for Kyron because she herself, as well as other family members, are still under investigation very early on. Yeah, that's a very good point. And, you know, law enforcement might have said, hey, go to the gym. They probably didn't tell her because they didn't think she was so stupid. Hey, don't post it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. The other weird behavior is the sexting. And so this is Terry's response to being caught sexting her husband's friend. This was in retaliation for something that he was doing that I found out about while this was happening. And this particular person was actually his friend and sent to the house. So this was a setup. I'm saying this person came to the house. He was Kane's friend. I did this deliberately because I was angry and getting back at him. <laughs> oh, well. Two wrongs always make a right, Captain. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's how it works. Weird stuff here, though, because, first of all, she's, like, uh, constantly changing her story. Well, you know, see, see, first of all, it was a setup, mm -hmm. right? This guy came to the house, and they set me up. Uh, she also says, well, but Kane was cheating, too, so so that's why. And then she says, well, because he was cheating, I, I, I did it for revenge, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It makes zero sense, and you're constantly changing your story. Just admit that you're a horrible person. I had no interest in having this person in my life. This was something to 
screw with Cain because I was angry with him because he was doing the exact same thing with somebody else. Yeah, but also by this time, we're not even in together anymore. All right, so first it's a setup, then it's revenge, and then at the end of that little statement, it was, well, but we weren't even together. Right. Well, you're legally married. Well, and the other thing here is, you know, throw all that out the window because, you know, Terry does such a good job of just cleaning this up very quickly, very nice and neat. Oh, it's, you know, I did this because of this. It didn't really matter. We're not together. But the, the thing here is the, and then you have, you know, who else does a good job of cleaning this up? Hmm. Michael Cook. Because later, Michael Cook would tell the media, you know what? Yeah, I was sexting with her. Um, I went over to her home on one occasion to speak with her, and I never had sex with her. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, it, let me break this down for you. All right. First of all, Michael Cook, I read those text messages. And we all know, anybody that's followed this case for some time, okay. everybody that's followed this case knows that Terry has been interviewed on more than one occasion regarding these te- these text messages to and from Michael Cook. All right. In those interviews, they dumb it down. They have to dumb it down mm-hmm. because the material in those text messages are so graphic that they cannot say those things on the radio or on TV or in the newspaper. Right. Luckily for us, we're just in a garage and we can say whatever we want as, as far as it pertains to these cases. The thing here is Michael cook. I'm sorry, man. I'm never going to believe you that you didn't have sex with Terry Horman for several reasons. One, um, these, these things got so explicit that there's no way you went over there just to talk with the person because guess what? At some point in these text messages, you had two options, bro. You could have said, you could have said this, either I'm going to go over there and give her what she's begging for, or I'm going to remove myself from this horrible situation that somehow I, I've ended up in and been a part of for, uh, you know, they were texting for days. It wasn't like, yeah, but it is possible that he just wanted some, you know, booby pics. No, it's possible. Yeah, but you don't have to go to her home to receive those. She had already sent those to you before you went to her home. And the other thing, but buddy, here's the thing. According to the text messages and according to Terry's messages that she sent to you, mm-hmm. um, not only did you go to her home, but she went to your home on one occasion. Whoa. Yeah. So let's let's not pretend like this thing only happened once and we just sat around talking and in hoping for the best. No, I think it went down exactly how everybody's thinking that it went down and why look, when well, she, the, the other thing too, is Michael had this weird fetish with turtles. <laughs> so <laughs> not true. But the thing here is even after she's sending pictures of herself, he's mm-hmm. asking for more pictures. And as the captain pointed out, maybe he's just into pictures. However, at, at more than one occasion Mm -hmm. during these text message exchanges they both admit to having been masturbating during the sexting (laughs) situation yeah yeah and then at some point she says hey i'm glad that we uh, i she says look did she give don't tell any don't tell anybody that i came over to your house last night because I told my attorney and I told my friend Didi that I just had to go out for a drive because I was stressed and I'd been locked up in the house all day. Right. Which is another piece of evidence that she will lie to anybody. She'll lie to her, her own lawyer. Yeah. It's a definitely a a detail of your character. And the other issue too, the other problem with this case is that you have two adults. Uh, We have Terry, for certain. Mm-hmm. And we have Michael cook by this point that, that is yes, just speculation on my behalf, but whether or not they had sex together, we have, we have two adults in, in the inner circle of a situation of a missing child and they're behaving like teenagers. They're right. behaving like teenagers. They're not assisting. They're not doing anything productive as far as I'm concerned in helping the family or helping Kyron. They're running around and in, in, playing these games with each other and hiding it from everybody else. Well, and the weird thing here too is, I mean, like we said before, Kyron's father left Kyron's mother while she was pregnant because he is having an affair with the turtle, Mm -hmm. Terry. 
And the problem here is that now she's saying that, well, Kane's doing the same thing. And this might have been going on before Kyron went missing. But then it starts making you want uh, wonder about motive. You know, if, if the kid's out of the picture, what happens to the relationship? Right? Mm-hmm. I think we throw a lot of shade on her. But if Kane is doing the same thing, then he's equally a yeah, giant that, bag of flaming dog. You know what? But that's a road that I don't even care to go down. Right, but why do we do it with her and not him? Because of this. Because of this exact fact. We have, in her own words, her saying, I lied to my best friend and to my attorney. Two people that are supposed to have her best interest involved in what's going on in her world. And she's admittingly lying to them. So how can I put any weight on her being the only one saying that Cain, well, he was doing the same thing, so I did it too. Right, but we have evidence that he's done this before, so there there is some weight there. I I feel I feel you there. You bring up a good point. The problem I have is I have a big problem believing anything that Terry says. And while we're you know while we're in the business of throwing shade at people, I think that we need to throw some shade on Michael Cook um, because here's the thing: this is his own words. His own words when asked why that that the investigation is focusing in on Terry or why the public seems to be swarming around her like vultures thinking that she's involved in Kyron's disappearance somehow. His own words are, I wish that anybody that has energy would focus in and put their efforts towards trying to find Kyron. Uh, Guess what, Michael, how much energy did you waste on those visits with Terry? How much energy did you waste texting and sexting back and forth with her. You should have focused your efforts on looking for Kyron as well. I think it's very obvious where I stand as far as how I, you know, my belief on whether Terry is a somewhat honest person or, or, you know, not honest at all. Right. I I can't, it's hard for me to believe anything she says. And this is a good point. This is a good time for her to address the situation regarding the polygraph test. So the, the first one was approximately an hour long, and reading the results took about three hours to do it. Um, I'm very hard of hearing, virtually deaf in my left ear, so I have to look at people when I talk to them to understand what they're saying. He was behind me when he was doing the first polygraph. Um, so it took me a little bit of time to process what he was saying to respond. I was gone for the three hours while he put it together, came back, and he just... I don't even know what was up on the screen, but he said, you failed. And I was like, how can I possibly fail? I told the truth. And then they came in, um, two of the, uh, Bobby O'Donnell, lead investigator, another guy named Will. He's an FBI guy. He was part of the group. And uh, we're talking to me about it. And after discussion of it, I, I was upset. Went back and I had, at that time, uh, called Kane. And I told them, I'm just done cooperating. I have had it. I cannot believe that they're focused on me or they're not focusing where they need to be. And they took me home. I was at home. The, uh, the lead investigator of FBI, his name's Lee Gossam, he called me over to the school or the fire station and asked that we have a discussion and um, <clears throat> about saying that they needed my help to continue on because I know Kyron as well as I do. <clears throat> Excuse me, I agreed that I... Would is just I just said I'm just angry because of all this is going on. He said, "Well, if had you had any other uh, reaction, I would have thought that you were guilty because I don't feel that way about you." <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, she wants to make sure that she includes in there that one of the investigators says to her that he doesn't feel that she's guilty of anything. Yeah, and we have no way of knowing if he said that or not. Right. Uh, the other thing that they're going to bring up is the fact that she has hearing problems. Mm-hmm. And so that could affect the polygraph, which could explain why she failed the test. It's, it's heavy enough. I have to see the context of the person, what they're saying, their facial expression. It helps a lot. Yeah, I was, if I'm sitting this way and I'm doing it, he's right here at a table. So I right. can hear out of this ear. It's just it makes it much more difficult. Mm-hmm. I told him I couldn't hear then he made it so that I was scooted over enough that I could hear more out of my right ear. Yeah, and this investigation is going to take another twist. Like I said before, they were united as four. Mm-hmm. You know, the the stepmom, the father, the stepdad, and the mother. They were united 
but quickly it turns into, well, we think Terry is possibly lying about some stuff and not cooperating as much as she should. Then what's going to happen is that this, the allegations come out that she hired the landscaper or the gardener to kill her husband. And once this comes out, he is going to then have to file for uh, a divorce. When Kane files for that divorce, uh, he is going to submit all this stuff. Allegations against her with drinking and God knows what else. But I think some of that, it's so, you know, again, uh, this guy cheated on his pregnant wife. I don't know how much we can believe, but even if he was making up stories, I think he was doing so to protect his daughter. And I can commend him for that. Well, one big part of the battle of this whole divorce is going to be custody of the child, of of the daughter that Cain and Terry had together. Right. You know, Cain is not just saying, hey, I'm separating from my wife. He's saying, no, I'm separating from my wife, from Terry, and I'm taking our daughter, and she's separating from her as well. Right. And so for this to happen... He's not only going to have to prove reasons why they should be divorced and and why they shouldn't be together, but he's going to have to prove reasons why she is not fit to be, uh, to, to have their daughter in her care. Again, I commend him because if you think that she had anything to do with the disappearance of your son, you do not want to take that chance. Now, what, what comes out in the public is that the mother of Kyron is going to hear all this information and go, wait, what the heck? Yeah. Why didn't we know about this earlier? Right when our kid went missing, you should have been talking about this. And that's going to sever their relationship as well. And here is Kyron's mom talking about that. Good morning. This is the first time that you are speaking out about Kyron without um, your ex-husband, Kane. Up until now, you two have maintained a united front. So what has changed? Well, we're, we're still a united front in the goal that we want Kyron home and and uh, we want answers. That hasn't changed. Um, I, uh, I personally have learned of information lately that has disappointed me in Kane's choices and his behavior. And um, I just can't stand by and support the choices that he's making. Well, some of that has to do with these um, court documents that uh, you've seen where he talks about his uh, wife, Terry, being visibly uh, uh, impaired from alcohol several times a week, putting her kids at risk. He calls her emotionally disturbed, yet he never shared any of his concerns with you. Is that correct? That's correct. We learned of all of this information after the fact and from the media. He had several opportunities to let Tony and I know what was going on in the house, and he did not. Um, he had several opportunities to make the right choice and either let me know or remove Kyron from the house. I would have removed Kyron from the house had I have known what was going on. Did you see any signs ever, um, Desiree, that, that Terry was uh, dealing with alcohol abuse or that she was, as, as uh, Kane put it, emotionally disturbed? Yeah, I did not see any evidence of, of alcohol abuse. Um, in fact, I didn't know about the DUI until after Kyron went missing. Um, but as far as a personality disorder, I did uh, for years. I was aware that she had some issues with pathological lying, things of that nature, but um, just mostly from my interactions with her, uh, I don't I didn't see, you know, as much as Kane did. The, if you had any concerns, why didn't you at any time, or did you, try to get your son, Kyron, out of that home? Oh, yes, I did. Starting uh, a year prior to his, him going missing, uh, I tried to get custody of him. And what would happen? Uh, Kane told me it was not an option on several occasions, and uh, it was a point of contention with us. He was uh, exhibiting some problems in school, and he was expressing a lot of um, sadness uh, and upset at the situation, and Kyron on many occasions told me he wanted to come live with me. And on a couple of different occasions, Terry had called me specifically so that I could talk to Kyron because he was so upset, and Terry 
personally wanted me to take Kyron. And then on Friday, the police showed you some emails that Terry had sent to, to friends of hers describing her marriage to Kane and her feelings about your son. I know you can't reveal the, the specifics because of the investigation, but generally, what did they say? It's very clear from Terry's horrible words that she had a severe hatred for Kyron and that a lot, she blamed a lot of the marital problems between Kane and herself on Kyron, that it was a huge point of contention in their marriage and uh, she had expressed in great detail her hatred for Kyron. I now believe without a shadow of a doubt that not only is she capable of hurting Kyron, that it's clear that she could have hurt him in the worst possible way. Do you still hold out hope that your son is alive? I will until the day I die. There's been a lot of talk about these emails on the internet. A lot of people chiming in with their thoughts and opinions about this. I've heard and read some people, unfortunately, that say, you know, as far as these emails go, we've not been able to see them. They're, they're, you know, they're not been released to the public. So all we can go off of is Desiree, Kyron's mom, saying that the stepmother hated Kyron. This is what I see in the emails. And there's also been speculation that there were hundreds and hundreds of emails that were of this nature, of her speaking illy of her marriage and of her stepson, and even saying that her stepson was adding to the turmoil in their marriage, in her marriage. My comments to those people that have posted that is two things. You're exactly right. We have not seen, <laughs> we have not seen these. They've not been made public. And yes, all we have is what she is stating that she was shown because she was shown these by the investigators because they wanted to get her opinion. You, you know what? I believe, I believe that some of those emails were her saying bad things about her stepson were things. Terry saying bad things about Kyron, bad things about her marriage. Now, if, if Desiree had to pour over hundreds of emails and I, and I'm guessing with the activity that I've seen uh, made public regarding Terry's computer uh, activity and how active she was on her phone. Yeah. I'm guessing that there were probably hundreds of emails. My guess here would be that probably a very few of them actually pertain to her saying that she hated Kyron and that she had a bad marriage because of him. Um, I do not doubt Desiree. I do not doubt that she is coming forward with saying information that is true, that is factual. The problem is we have people taking in this information, watching these interviews, and then later saying, well, there were hundreds and hundreds of emails of her that saying mm -hmm. she hated Kyron, and all we have is the stepmom to go. No, you're jumping to conclusions there. Right. You're jumping to conclusions there. We've not seen evidence so far in this case of a situation where Desiree is lying about anything. I, I take her, I take her for her word. Yeah. And as far as we know, I mean, like the kid goes missing. We're going to start diving into these individuals past. That's how we know about how, uh, Kane and Terry got together is during a pregnancy. Mm -hmm. That's horrible. The other thing about it too, is that, uh, you know, like we said, we have evidence that Terry has lied about stuff, but also just the fact that she's, willing to cheat, I think that's evidence that she's a selfish individual. And if you're a selfish individual, then maybe you don't want to be taking care of um, a son that's not biologically yours. Right. So, and again, uh, as they dove into these people's lives, uh, there's really nothing that we can discuss as far as Desiree. Obviously, by this point, we have a situation where the relationship is has been severed between the biological mother and biological father of Chiron. And they're no longer, like the captain keeps referring to, as a uni unified front. You know, now we have we have two against one and two against another one. And for the first time after what three years, mm -hmm. we have we have Kane, the biological father, and Desiree, the biological mother, 
who have the opportunity to sit down and discuss some of their differences. I don't blame Kane for Kyron's disappearance. I want to make that very clear. However, the things that I have a hard time with is the fact that I feel like things were happening in the year prior to Kyron going missing that I was bringing attention to. And I don't know if you were busy with your life or what was going on, but it was just ignored. And I feel like in that, we failed Kyron. We didn't protect him. That's, that's interesting. A lot of the dialogue was more between you and Terry than you and I. She made deliberate attempts to put herself in the middle of the communication. So your emails, I never saw your emails. Her and I never spoke about them. Yeah, and this is what I have a problem with with Kane, is he does the same thing that Terry does. He puts the blame onto other people. Mm-hmm. He deflects all the blame instead of just saying, hey, um, you know, yeah, I messed up. Right. Uh, but he's going to be asked, did he miss anything? And then he's going to say, yes, he did. But again, I think it's, putting the blame onto somebody else. I, I think absolutely I did. I think at the time the economy was, was going a really bad direction for all of us. I was focused on work. I was focused on all of a sudden we had a daughter, a new daughter coming that wasn't expected. We had a lot of things that were happening in life, and I spent a lot of my time focused on my kids and focused on my job, and I didn't focus on her. And that, I definitely should have spent more time. But I've also... In hindsight, in all the discussions I have with other people, most normal people aren't investigating their spouse on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, but if you're awesome and you listen to True Crime Garage, you are investigating your spouse on a day-to-day basis. You you have a GPS tracker on their car. You have cameras in the house that they don't know about. You have maybe a GPS that uh, you have on the person's body. Mm. You know, I don't know where you're going to put it. Use your imagination. Well, and another thing that Kyron's parents disagreed on was the search of Kyron Horman's home and property, Kane's home and property. Mm -hmm. Now, the deal is that police said, hey, why don't you let us come out there and dig up your yard and we'll look for more evidence. We'll look for Kyron. We have Kane who says, no, I don't want to do that. And we have Desiree, Kyron's mom, who says, that could have been beneficial to this whole investigation. And here is Kane's explanation of that. I have an open invitation with law enforcement and the search and rescue teams, the certified search and rescue teams, to search my property any day, any time. When I was called, I said no to the private search, but I, I immediately said, and I will continue to say right now, any time, any time the sheriff's office and the search and rescue teams want to come with their dogs. It's already My property, I'll qualify with, my property's been searched more than the school has probably. And my invitation is open, always open. So I think what happened here was he wasn't on the property at the time that they wanted to do the search. Mm-hmm. And so he said no. And I think one of the reasons that he did that is uh, I don't think this guy has a lot of great morals. And I think he was also afraid of what else they'd uncover. Well, I'd be curious too if they actually at any time dug up the yard. Because I, I, I've, I take Desiree's side on this. I believe that, yes, there are gaps in Terry Horman's timeline that mm-hmm. day and disposing of something at home in her own property would have, she would have had time to do that. That would have been, been a convenient place for her to do such things. I got to believe, though, at, this, at the same time, you know, there's everybody has, you know, you got your yard. I got my yard. There's obvious parts of my yard. If I dug something up on a Friday or buried something on a Friday, that Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, it's going to be very obvious that that's dis- disturbed ground. And this next clip is going to be uh, Desiree's words to whoever might be responsible for the disappearance of Kyron. To the person or persons that have Kyron. I miss my son so much that I can't breathe at times. My heart aches every second of every day, and I am afraid that I can't live without him. I know that this situation has turned out much bigger than anyone could have ever imagined. Please do the right thing here and help us find him. Think about Kyron. He needs me as well. 
There are so many things he hasn't gotten to do yet. Please let him go. Just take him to a remote payphone and tell him to call 911, and then we can come and get him. Millions of people have seen his photo. Yeah. Do you wonder why someone hasn't said something yet? I do. I do wonder that every day. I pray for them to come forward and have the strength to do what's right for Kyron. Tomorrow we will release part four of the Kyron Harmon case titled The Suspect. Until then, be good, be kind, and don't litter. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.